Good morning, glowing Sarah Hepla. Good morning, Nancy Robelman. Do you know uh, where I would I just am? like our listeners. Well, I know you're wearing a spa robe, those like little <laughs> waffly robes. I am. Usually you're not wearing a, a sexy spa robe when we record. No, where are you, Sarah Hepla? I'm in a tree house in the hill country of Texas, outside Fredericksburg, Texas, if you know where that is. It's like a little Explain. German town that sells antiques and homemade soap. And um, I'm sure Fredericksburg is more than that. If you're a Fredericksburg listener, I understand Fredericksburg <laughs> contains multitudes. I know it for its handmade soap and antiques. Um, anyway, this is for a Texas monthly story that I'm doing, and I'm staying in this tree house. Now, I think tree houses, tree houses are like kind of a like an Airbnb glamping trend. So you see a lot of them. And and when people say tree houses, they're not really tree houses, most of them. And this would be true of this one as well. It is a, uh, but it's built 10 feet off the ground in a thicket of like juniper and cedar. And there's a huge cedar elm that's right outside. Um, and the walls are made of wood. I mean, you know, I mean like there's not, they're not painted or anything like that. Um, and I'm so you're not away. actually in a tree. You're like surrounded by trees. Yeah, I'm surrounded by trees. It's it's a it's okay. a bit of a Trump Luau. Is that a word? Trump Luau. Trump Loy. Trump Loy. I think it's yeah. Trump Loy. Yeah. So do you have? Is there a sign, boys, like with a backward Z? Keep out. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. And you got to play by my rules. This is the treehouse. 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 Did you ever have a treehouse when you were a kid? Honey, I lived in an apartment building in Brooklyn, so no. <laughs> Your New York childhood. No keg stands, no tree houses. I didn't even know what a keg stand was, if you no, I know That's That was an so early cute. episode. Yeah. yeah, I had to yeah. teach you what a keg um, stand was. Yeah, I didn't I, have I'm, a tree house I'm either. My cousins, my cousins had one, though. It was super cool. So when I would go to visit, we'd all go up to the tree house. I love tree houses. I think I will they, say, no, they feel like, I like like childhood fairy tales and um you know uh I don't know they they like w- w- did you ever what's the Swiss Family Robinson? It's the That's series like a, of books I believe. Yeah, and they, they, they like have leave a their house? life and they um yeah let's say yes let's just say they did they must yeah. have. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. Not at this moment. Well, I um, feel like I the only reason it. I know that is because at Disney World, there's a Swiss Family Robinson ride or tree. Ha- there's something involving a tree house. Speaking of Disneyland or Disney World, I, I don't, I think it was Disneyland. I saw a video uh, last week or maybe it was a little TikTok. A guy just like in a little pair of underwear got out of the ride and started climbing around in the it's a small world sort of thing. And people no. are shouting, get out, stop. Yes, yes, yes. And he's walking around. He's looking at the girls and he goes, and these people are like, stop, stop, stop. Is it was hilarious. He was a meltdown? I don't know. He just looked like he wanted to explore. I'll, I'll find it if I can. It was very weird and interesting. Actually, it's a small but, world um, after anyway. all. It's like one of the most mind numbing rides because it just plays that song over and over and over again. And you have to listen to it and you feel like you're sort of stuck in some sort of now, animatronic. Now we have, our, our, we have our outro. There we go. Um, Sarah, I think 
No, it's not all day. It's going to be in my ear. Um, I think it's good that you have on a calming spa robe Mm -hmm. because this week has not been so calm, has it, in other sectors of our of our country and and for certain people in particular it's not been a very calm situation no it's been fraught you know when i mentioned it's- that there was a congressional hearing with college presidents on our last podcast did that not sound like the most uneventful thing there's a congressional hearing with college presidents it's like snooze fest <laughs> like who would watch that and then the thing blew up went viral. It blew up and it, it blew up. It's, it's, you know what, again, we like complicated questions. This is not an easy, I have, I have feelings, Sarah, imagine that I have feelings, um, about something. Uh, what happened if you don't know, uh, and I'm sure our listeners do know, um, several college presidents, including from UPenn and, uh, Harvard and MIT. MIT. MIT, MIT were were called before, or they appeared before Contra, Congress uh, to talk about anti-Semitism on campus. I believe since October seventh. Correct? Am I am I correct in this? I'm a little tired this yeah, morning. Yeah, and um, it, was, it was in in front of Republicans specifically. I think the Republicans called right. this, and so you know. The idea is, I mean, you know, why, you know, why is this happening? But, but those colleges do get federal funding, and uh, so anyway, this is this is what what happened. It was uh, three women um, that are the heads of those those three universities, the presidents of the schools. Yes, and they were so they. I I did not watch. I watched some of it. We were actually, I think, watching it together. When, yeah, we were when watching they a up. live stream. They were watching a live stream. Right. We were watching a live stream when they mentioned uh, Bear, one of the the guys mentioned Barry Weiss and and read from and her, her book. book. Yeah, and it was funny because I texted Barry. I was like, "They just name checked you in your book," and she's like, "Wait, when? Where? What? I'm on a plane. Where?" And I, so I said, "She's like, tell me the timestamp." So they had it. They made like a little video of when he mentioned her. Um, in any case. They were basically grilling them about the limits of free speech. This is what I sort of took it as. So this is a complicated question. You know, I'm going to play. May I just play? I'm going to try to do this uh, smoothly, and it will obviously fail. I'm yeah, the question play. is, can you actually play a snippet? I'm, that's the, now, that's the now, question. Hush, hush now, everyone. Um, this is Representative Elise Stefanik. She is from New York. I'm not exactly sure where. She is a Republican. Yeah. And she was grilling the president of Penn, Liz McGill, who basically has been in the hot seat since October seventh, um, because they had had uh, they had hosted a a literary festival, a Palestinian literary festival. Well, you and I talked about this, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. And anyway, I'm going to play the little tiny clip. It, it should be short. Let's let's listen in. Ms. McGill at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking specifically calling for the genocide of Jews. Does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. 
It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm gonna give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. Okay, so look, I actually did that pretty smoothly. Now, what are your what are your thoughts on that, Sarah? What are your what's your what are your thoughts on that exchange? I mean, look, it's so absurd. This is I have some problems with this whole thing. First of all, my my response, like I, when I watched this the first time, I was uh, horrified at the moment where she says, uh, "If the speech turns into conduct, you know." And then you can hear Stefanik's like voice shaking in the response where she's like. When the speech, like when the conduct becomes genocide, like it's so absurd. And then this time I laughed because it is, this is absurd. Okay, this is absurd. I have some problems with this question. I don't know this um, uh, congresswoman at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't know her at all. Me neither. Me neither. Um, this whole exchange was about protests where chants like from the river to the sea and long live the intifada are being invoked. And there is an argument to be had, a good one, over whether or not what people are actually calling for is the genocide of Jews. Now, a lot of people involved in those protests would say no, and a lot of people watching those protests would say yes. And it's 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 difficult to, you know, that's a conversation we could have. But what she does is leap forward from those chants and say, is it okay to call for the genocide of the Jews? And then all those women, all three of those women, listen, I don't know them, but I would guess, I'm just going to make a good faith guess that they are smart women. And they mm -hmm. are bound up on all sides by legal, pro like what legal has told them, um, bureaucratic yeses and nos. They've got partisan, you know, issues on either side. They can't say anything. And so they sound like idiots. That's not, it's, n everybody knows that calling for the genocide of Jews is, it's, it's an absurd question. What what so, they couldn't say was, I mean, I think some of them did actually say, like, uh, I don't think I've heard anybody call for the genocide of Jews. And then she's like, whatever the exchange is, they they start talking about the the code of conduct. You know, the whole thing is just, 
it's you use the word anti-human sometimes. And it was like it was like an anti-human exchange. By which I mean it was not human speech. It was bureaucratic nonsense. So I have I have a lot of thoughts on this. First of all, what they could have said, and I and I think boy, Stefanik came in hot. I mean, she was coming in hot, and I understand that. You know, a lot of people are coming in hot these days. People are upset about what they're seeing, and all of a sudden now they had a target. And, you know, the colleges have not behaved maybe beautifully during all of this. However, it could have been very simple. She they asked this question. The Whoever was up, was in the hot seat could have said, well, here's a deal, Congresswoman. We have something called free speech in this country. I may not like it. I may not like it. And, 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 and the woman from Harvard did say this. She says, I yeah. find it abhorrent. But here's the deal. It is free speech. And we are allowed to have this. Okay, that's number one. Number two, what they could have said, but which they never would say because they are caretaking these young people, is that, listen, I understand that Intifada and from the river to the sea, basically, if you're taking it to its sort of end result, does mean the eradication of the Jewish state. And that is, of course, horrid. But these young people don't know that. These are chance. Yeah. They don't even that's, know what the fuck it means. Okay. That's what I they would are, have liked. That, that's what I would have liked someone to say. That's a human they response. They don't know. That's right. But they can't say that because they're, you know, they're gonna they're gonna just be besmirching their their their, you know, their entire student body or this part of the student body that is marching. But they, but they but could they have said be, that. They, they should and and because they have to worry about the the students being clients and I mean you know but they should be able to say those kids don't know what they're talking about. They don't. That's right. They should be able to say that, but they can't say that. I'm sorry. I mean, I I would think it's like saying I I own a restaurant and like all oh, the service is really bad. I, you just you just can't. I don't know. It would be difficult for them to take that position. But I was at a um, uh, I was at a book party last night for Greg Lukianoff and Ricky Shot for the um the the canceling of the American mind. And I talked to Greg a little bit beforehand and we talked exactly about this. And he actually, he was very, he nicely name checked me when he was talking to the audience saying, you know, they don't know. They don't know. It's another chant, right? Why did, okay. why did he name check you? Because he was like, like Nancy Rommelman, they don't know what they're talking about. That's right. That, that was he- exactly, actually, I, 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 to tell you the absolute truth, I didn't hear it because it was so, so crowded in the area where it was. It's at this guy's apartment. It's really nice on Gramercy Park. It was so crowded in there that uh, <laughs> Nick Gillespie, Angel from Fire, Matt and I went in another room and played poker. <laughs> we were playing oh. poker while they were talking. So I didn't hear it, but someone told me, oh, that was nice that he name checked. Like, what did I say? It wasn't nothing smart in any case. Um, so in fact, in, 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 in a big way, the college presidents are kind of right. It's like, listen, but then it gets all squishy, like code of conduct. Like, do is it okay with you that these students are are walking around calling for the eradication of the Jews? But that's not what they're calling for. They're but, just they're just marching. But that's not what they they're have calling the right to for. Do that. And that's yeah, that's not what they're calling for. And and by now, the way, even if they were, it is context dependent. I'm sorry. That's right. It that, actually right. now, is. Okay. I know that sounds now, absurd. No, it, it is, but now we're going to come to the big but. The big but. Didn't we do this last time? The big ass. Stop talking <laughs> about my but. voluptuous ass. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling very How sexualized. How can I not, Sarah? Why do you think very, we have this podcast? It's I your know, butt, baby. My big I booty. <laughs> this is so 
sexualizing me, which I love, I by it. the way. Which you love. I love so, um, being more okay. than sexualized. But here is the problem. And here is how these college presidents have painted themselves into a corner. Because for the past 10 goddamn years, we have heard speech is violence. Speech is violence. Speech is violence. Oh, wait a second. You said it was okay for kids to wear whatever Halloween costume they want? Absolutely not. You are going to leave this university because what you said is violence. They have backed this up. They have created the billion safe spaces. They have made special places for this and that. I, somebody used my wrong pronoun, whatever it is, it is violence. They have inculcated and they have, they have codified that speech is violence. Okay. They did that. We all think it's absurd. We fight against this. We're like, it is not, but that, but okay. But calling it tifada, even if you don't know what it means, other people do know what it means. Would that then qualify as violence? Apparently not. And that's what people are upset about. They're like, wait a second, you've created this cockamamie system that these kids all are living under and think is correct or true, or they want these kind of safeguards. But oh, but now it 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 they can't have it both ways, Sarah. They can't have well, it both ways. Listen, we are correct to call them out on the hypocrisy of this moment. They're absolute hypocrites. Um, However, I would like to think that this will be a correcting moment where they will withdraw from this, from this like absolute losing prospect of making statements on every single little thing. It's not in their best interest. You know, um, one of the things that AA did early in its inception was to decide that it would take no stance on political, political affairs. You know, they had seen other recovery movements, um, fall apart because they would align themselves with certain political causes. It's in our bylaws. It's in our traditions that you don't take any political stances. Um, good. That's the way to, that's how AA has stuck around for 75 years while all these other, other things have, have fallen out and fallen by the wayside. Um, you know, it's this, I hope is a writing of the ship. And I understand that people want to see the, the fist come down. Like you've seen the fist come down over all these other things. I just think that's the wrong way. Well, and also, what what do the the students you're paying customers demand of you? They demand that you make statements. They demand that you make them feel safe. They demand that the college take a position. This has become, it has now become the norm. So what happens all of a sudden? This is a new day. And I, I have to tell you, I think that this, you know, I listened to a little bit of a clip yesterday, kind of went off the rails a little bit for me. I, I, I DM'd you and said, do you know who this person is? And, and she was had been in academia and she talked about this sort of like what she saw as rot. And our, why is it now? Why is it like Bill Ackman, the, the billionaire um, hedge fund or investor, whatever he does, takes over companies. Um, why is it now that he all of a sudden is demanding certain things of Harvard where he had been giving money for many, many years. Why wasn't it five years ago when other things were happening? Well, because it, because it, was, it didn't, it, because it didn't matter to him because it didn't matter to him. And but also, let me ask you something. Why? Yeah. Why do you care? Like not you, but like, it, does it matter? 
Does it matter why people didn't are only waking up to this now? Does it matter that it's the the ship is just writing itself now? Like like, it, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Like let's just let's just fix this thing. I think I'm what I what I think is I'm fascinated. I'm absolutely yeah, fascinated yeah, yeah, fair. with the ship writing itself. We you and I and we've talked about this before. Sometimes you want to start talking about things or you're trying to call attention to things maybe a little bit sooner than the average bear. Maybe it's because we're journalists, maybe because I'm, you know, knee-jerk Nancy. I don't know. But sometimes you feel like you're like a little, maybe ahead of the curve. Well, the curve is here. Let's listen yeah. to the curve. So now, okay, now you've said, you've, you've propositioned, like they don't have to take positions on everything. What we- Hi, Smoke em If You Got them, listeners. This is Sarah Heppola with Nancy Rommelman. Hi. We're inviting you to listen to the rest of this conversation, but you have to subscribe. Go to smokeempodcast.substack.com slash subscribe. We hope to see you on the other side. Bye.